So when we see other people suffering, one of the uh, most common ways to reduce our own suffering and thinking about their suffering is to tell ourselves that the person means bad or means the, the, the suffer or is a bad person fundamentally wired fundamentally differently than, than good people. And that is why he or she suffers. But of course, we know this cannot be because the function of the will is, sim- is not similar. It's, it's uh, the, absolutely the same across the board. It can only work one way. All life, not, not, uh, even bacteria, we would say, and plants and animals, never mind people, can only act according to uh, a motive. We're going to qualify that for bacteria and, and, and uh, plants, but certainly animals, uh, insects, people. It's not that it's an exception for, for the bacteria and plants, but that's a maybe more complicated discussion. Uh, but that's the only way that the, the will can work. So consequently, if a person does something, it means that uh, they they calculate that it's to their benefit. That's the only thing that, that is, is at all conceivable. So when we realize that and then we see the results, it, we see that it's simply a blown up mistake on a like a little kid makes a mistake on the multiplication table uh, on a pop quiz and says that 10 times 10 is is uh, is 105 and not 100 uh it's it, it, every mistake that that we see people end up obviously do horrendous things and ruin their life and they're in prison and ruin their reputations and and, and, and go completely off the deep end and become mega criminals and degenerates and awful awful things that that we see that it's all simply uh, one form or another of, of a little kid saying that 10, plus, 10 times 10 is 105. It has to be. It's not that we want it to be like that or that that's the code for some kind of further ideology we have. Oh, now we need to, to release all, all the criminals because they mean good and absolutely not. This is, this is simply that this is the only conceivable uh, reality. And, and consequently, if we're going to speak accurately, that's what we're going to say. Uh, so the... The, the thing then, if we properly understand this, is that we're, we're going to feel awful, right? Initially, we're going to think that uh, we can't just say, oh, yeah, that criminal fundamentally is wired different than me. He or she acted for bad reasons because they wanted something bad in order to want something bad. I don't have to feel bad. No, they wanted good. And the person did not have the moral knowledge, not education like the history facts and the multiplication table, but the true human moral knowledge. Uh, the person was not able to extricate him or herself from the initial animalistic mass that we all find ourselves as. Right? A, l- a little baby. What, what is there to, to a little baby? I want to, to eat. I want to drink. And, and, and that's it. No, no, no higher notions, no ideals, no morals, no ethics. So the challenge of forming a human being is to, is, is to out of this shape something and shape a human being. But that requires a lot of work and that requires a lot of knowledge. And that it, by and large, requires good parenting or good it's some kind of good transmission of, of civilization and morality, whether it's through school or education. And that's obviously not a, by any means a sure bet uh, that, that that's going to be successful. All right, so it hasn't. Consequently, it, it, in a case like this, where a person is has has destroyed themselves or, or done awful things. The, the transmission wasn't successful. The forming of the human being wasn't successful. And consequently, it's just a, it's, it's, a, it's a horrific thing. And uh, it, it deserves our sympathy. But at the same time, what can we say to make ourselves feel better that is, uh, that, that is true, right? That, that we don't deceive ourselves. That say, oh, the person meant bad. They, they, I meant good. I mean good because I'm myself. And this other person, he, he or she means bad. 
right? What can we say that's true? What we can say is that the only thing that a person ever does, excuse me, is what he or she wants to do, right? Uh, the effect, if we if we want to use the word effect to designate um, what a person does or says or, or thinks or fails, the cause of that is the is a real true desire that a person holds. It's not something that oh yeah it's uh, this this uh, little atom here or something like that. It's a desire that a person holds. The thing to understand, however, because this may be incomprehensible, because we think, what do you mean? Like I, I want to uh, I want to be healthy, but I never work out. I want to get a new job, but I don't. I want to be happy, but I'm not. I want to uh, be a good person, but I'm not. I want to be honest, but I'm not. We conflate talk with real desire. And chit-chat and words is not real desire whatsoever. All right? So, for example, we may uh, think, you know, this morning I want, we wake up and we say, I want to go for a run right now. We said the words, I want to go for a run right now. But we don't. Why? Because in reality, there is no cause. We don't have the sufficiently strong desire, the sufficiently strong motive to actually physically move ourselves out of bed and go for a run. Right? And yet, if somebody, let's say all of a sudden, some uh, a family member comes down and says, here's a hundred bucks if you go for a run, boom, all of a sudden, if we care enough about the hundred dollars, if that's a sufficiently strong motive for us, we do have the desire and cause to go for a run. So we get up and we go for a run, or if somebody puts a gun to our head, may we be spared, uh, we, all of a sudden we do have the motive to go for a run. So we see it's an intellectual thing. It's a deeply, if we want to call it that, but it's not talk. It's a real, true understanding of what will lead to our good, of what is to our interest. According to the best of our current knowledge and human development in, in all of this, uh, right? So consequently, we see that a person's life unfolds and, and remains and, and goes according to his or her true desires. Not according to what they say, but according to what they really truly want, right? So it, consequently, we see that every person that suffers Every person that, and beyond, uh, we, we would say beyond the uh, basic physical pain, we'll leave that alone, even though it's not so simple, but, but we can leave that alone, right? But suffering is deeper than that. Suffering is not just a, a, a lower back or, or a scratched cornea or blown out knees and uh, and stuff like that and a neck that, that doesn't uh, turn so, so good. That's pain. That's different from suffering. Suffering is a, is a further understanding and analysis of, of one's condition and, and one's state and, and a whole bunch of different things. There's even a, a medical condition, very, very rare, where a person feels pain, but they don't have any kind of reaction to it. They don't care. And without any kind of training, it's not that they're super tough or anything like that. It could be anybody. It's just that something has occurred on, on some level uh, and uh, physiological, whatever you want to say. And the person feels pain exactly like anybody else, but they just don't care. There's no emotional reaction. It's like, oh, you're, you're cutting me? Oh, well, shoot. You do surgery on me without anesthesia? Okay. I feel the pain, but I don't care, right? So it's not, suffering is not simply brute, a brute fact. Oh, pain and that's it. So we, we, we're putting that aside, the, the brute pain. So anybody that suffers truly, anybody that does destructive things, anybody that hates people, anybody that is full of, of vanity and full of, nonsense and full of false opinions and full of craziness it's because they want to it's because they have a real true desire to be the way that they are and consequently they are the way that they want to be 
No matter what a person says, no matter the talk that they say, I want to be different, I don't want to abuse drugs and alcohol, I don't want to be depressed, I don't want to be anxious, I don't want to be neurotic, I don't want to have a mental condition, I don't want to hate people, I don't want to be antisocial, I don't want to be um, do criminal things, I don't want to steal, I don't want to kill. If they do it, that means, if, if we do it, it means we do want it. And that's a logical necessity. It's not like, oh yeah, it's because we want to say that because it'll make us feel better. The first thing we say, we say because we want it to we want to feel better, right? That people mean bad. They don't, we don't mean bad. But we do do what we want because that's the only conceivable function of the will. What's the alternative? That there's no motive for something a person does? Let's say that a person uh, always gets super duper worried and, and, and they, they have crazy anxiety. I know mean, a story of a lady that would call her husband several hundred times uh, at night if he's on a business trip and, and freak out. Oh, he's not responding 3 a.m. He hasn't told me that he went to the bathroom or turned around. She calls him again and again. Yeah, right? Let's say a person does that. What do we say? That they did this without a motive? That they did this without a cause? AKA a desire? No, the person did it because they wanted to. Literally, they wanted to, and so they did it. If a person did not want to worry, they wouldn't worry. If there wasn't a desire to, to be anxious, we wouldn't be anxious. If there wasn't a desire to be depressed, we wouldn't be depressed. If there wasn't a desire to steal or, and lie, we wouldn't steal and lie. If there wasn't a desire to kill somebody, we wouldn't kill somebody. If there wasn't a desire to... Uh, to, to, to be ignorant and, and uneducated in the true sense of the word, we wouldn't be ignorant and uneducated. We do what we want and we don't do what we don't want. Always. There's nobody that can force us to do something we don't want to do, even at the cost of our life. If we really don't want to do something and it's more important to, for us to not do something uh, than, than to live, even if somebody says, I'm going to kill you now, we're not going to do it. If somebody tortures us, well, we're going to not do it until our desire to not do it is exceeded by our desire to avoid the pain and then we will do it. Right? So nobody can ever force us to do something we don't want to do and vice versa. Nobody can ever force us um, to not do what we want to do. Right? Uh, somebody can stop us physically. Somebody can, if we want to, to move 10 feet, somebody could put, put a wall in front of us or tackle us or something like this. But in terms of the exertion of our will, it's w w nobody can, can, can reach inside of us and make us desire uh, is something else. Right? So we see consequently that, that this, is, this is a logical necessity, uh, but we, again, we have to remind ourselves that it's very different than talk. We, we, by talk, we try to represent these things to ourselves and to others. We try to rationalize our desires. We try to understand them. We try to make them, put, clothe them with, with logic and reason, right? It's because of this and because of that. But that's all talk. It's just, we don't have to say anything. Our life speaks for itself. Everything that we want, is, is, is what we do and everything that we don't want is what we don't do. Right? So consequently, this is the only consolation we can say. If a person's life is, is in shambles, if a person is, is all over the place and they, they, they're, they're complete wreck, it's because they did what they wanted and they feel the way they want to feel and they act the way they want to act and they are the way that they want to, uh, that they want to be. Right? Now, um, with that said, the further complexity here, we said, right, that, that it's not the same thing as, as talk and chit-chat. So consequently, a person with poor self-knowledge doesn't understand that they do whatever they actually want. They think that they want something other than what they actually do. They think that what they want is synonymous with what we, what we say, right? So for example, a person can, uh, uh, let's say, uh, I know a young man 
who uh, sits at home, probably in his mid-20s now and for, for since he's been the maybe 20 years old, whatever it was, just sits at home and does absolutely nothing. All right, so talk, talk to the young man and say, why don't you why don't you do something? He's like, I really, really want to. I want to be super successful. I want to work really hard, but I absolutely can't because I don't have the energy to do it. Ah, because maybe once I took a medication, there was a side effect that there was no energy and I just, there's something in my brain messed up. I just can't, I don't have the energy, right? So the, the, the young man is convinced that he wants to, to, to be successful, but of course we understand he doesn't, right? If a person wanted to, 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 to go and work and do something and not just sit at home all day, well then that's exactly what he or she would do, barring literal paralysis or, or, or being, being tied down or something like that, a physical impossibility. So we see here that the, uh, in a case like this, the person does not know him or herself. A person hasn't inquired and, and looked, quote unquote, into themselves and hasn't gotten to know themselves like we get to know other people and consequently hasn't figured out what it is that he or she truly wants and consequently we're, we're able to, to live in this delusion we tell ourselves I want this I want that when really our true desires are very very different right we may say I don't want to be why do why am I always in relationships with such uh, awful people right that, that uh, and they, they never work out well I don't want to be right like I don't like and yet we do if that's what ends up happening I right? say I really want to leave this job I really, I can't stand it. I, I, I hate this job. I earn so little. Everybody's so abusive and rude. I really want to leave it. And we show up again and again. Why? Because we want to. If we really didn't want to, we wouldn't show up. It's that simple. All right? But again, we have this, this disparity, this gap between our true desires and, our, and what we say to ourselves and our conscious awareness of our motives and our self-knowledge. And consequently, we can... Uh, live in this world and it's like a different person it's like we're watching somebody else it's like I don't want to go to this job and yet here I am going I want to work out and here I am sleeping I don't want to be in a relationship with this person and here I am in a relationship with them I don't want to uh, be rude and, and obnoxious and, and anxious and depressed and crazy but here I am eh? rude and obnoxious and anxious and crazy and depressed what's going on right it's like it's, it might as well be somebody else what's the what difference is it is it me is it somebody else I have no control over myself so we see here that the way to, to move forward then for us is to is to establish a relationship with our own self and it's to gain in self-knowledge and then we can begin making some moves, right? So if we get to know, th let's think about how we get to know another person, how we get to know a stranger. We have to find out it, exactly what, what are their true desires? What is What are their true intellectual understandings? What, how do they truly identify themselves, meaning in an animal way, as a body, or 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 more than that, right? They've developed uh, their intellect, they've developed their mind, so they have some other understanding. They've expanded maybe their sense of self to include their community or their uh, or historical uh, aspect um, history. They've taken into consideration in their identity, their nation, their people, all this kind of stuff, right? So that's how we get to know somebody. We have to figure out what's really truly lying beneath the surface, beneath the talk, beneath the appearance. What are the person's true beliefs, their true desires, their true understandings? And it's very hard sometimes because we, uh, in our relationships, right, we communicate with language. So we say, oh, hey, how's it going? How's the weather? Oh, the weather is nice. Very nice. Right? Even with our significant other, it could be. Or with our children. We don't really know them because we haven't moved beyond the language, right? We haven't moved. We say, hey, uh, child, what do you... What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be an astronaut. Okay, very nice, great. We clap, we, we send the video of, of our little kid saying he or she wants to be an astronaut and that's it, right? But that's not the, the, the real underlying desire, is it? That's just talk. It's something that the kid heard somewhere. Okay, now I want to be an astronaut. The real desires, 
it's really difficult to, to figure out and, and, and we have to re- really engage with somebody we have to watch them we have to observe them we have to ask them penetrating questions we have to, to to push back a little bit great way to see what a person is really about and what they're really saying is to ask them to to ask them what they're saying is to ask them to define their terms right meaning say let's say a person says we ask a we're on a date with somebody who wants to get to know them. So they say, uh, you know, I'm a very kind, empathetic, loving person. So we say, amazing. Could you please define for me what you mean by the words that you used? What, is, what does it mean to be kind? What does it mean to be empathetic? What does it mean to be loving? All right, so obviously in the majority of cases, what's the answer? Ah, uh, well, I, I, it's like to treat people well. I go, what does it mean to treat people well? Well, it's like to... I just like to give. I'm a giver. Like, okay, right? So we see, consequently, it's just talk. Not that we're not judging by any means, but we're just trying to get this concept across. There's no expectations. We're just trying to understand these kinds of things. It's just talk. A person has the self-image. I'm a kind, giving, uh, empathetic person. This is what I need to say on a date with somebody in order to make a good impression, so I'm going to say it, right? But when we don't, get pushed back a little bit we never know right and we and we go off of the the talk that a, that a person gives us we go off of the superficial uh, stuff and consequently we say sometimes that uh, in our relationships when what do people say we discover somebody's true colors quote unquote what that means is their true desires their true understandings all right so we see these horrendous things on the nose sometimes and tragically that uh, uh, there's uh, somebody kills their own spouse, and goodness forbid, a billion times, of course, even their own children. Right? And frequently, you see the pictures, a smiling couple, and, and neighbors would say, "Oh, this was a wonderful person. He or she was so kind, and and this and that." So, how? What's going on? Well, is this the the person all of a sudden act without a motive, or the person began to to be a fun, qualitatively wired in a fundamentally different way than somebody else? So I didn't know. So, what was going on was that. A person, a person's identity was I am my body, I am my impulses and inclinations, and the other people are not real. Other people exist to satisfy my needs and my urges and my desires, but I've been socialized. I know if I want to get what I want, which is to have a family here for my ego, for my self-esteem, I need to say certain things to, to the person I'm dating. So I'm going to say, I'm a kind and wonderful person. I love puppies and kittens, and I love to give to charity, and I'm great, blah, blah, blah. The other person is on the same level that the other person was on, presumably, if they didn't push back at all. And they say, oh, wonderful. This is a kind, wonderful person. I'm going to marry them and have family with them, right? So then that gets going. But the real understandings are completely different. That was all just chit-chat. It was all superficial and on the surface. So then when push comes to shove, maybe the person has an affair with somebody at work. Now their spouse is in the way. They've got, they, they, their kids annoy them. They, they, uh, the, the person is perceiving them as objects, remember, not as real people. So these objects are now too many demands, too many, too many kinds of things. So the person goes and does what's natural for them. They go do what's good in their context, right? Like in a video game, in Grand Theft Auto, it's good to go and do all that stuff. So we see here, consequently, that when we don't push back on, on somebody else, we don't ask, what do you mean, right? If initially on that first date, when these kinds of spouses, uh, that, that one of them ends up doing that, very extremely tragically, on the very first day when the person started with their BS, I'm a kind, wonderful, generous, empathetic, giving, loving, amazing person. If the other person would simply say, what do you mean? That's all we need to say. Define your terms. What does this mean? 
that the whole issue would have been avoided in all likelihood. If not by that one question, the second question, and the third question, and a little observation. The fact is that a person that has any degree of self-knowledge, somebody like that who ends up being a monster, who ends up being a, a, a narcissist, a psychopath, so to speak, would never come close within their circle within a million miles. In, in 10 seconds, it's obvious what a person's real understandings and desires are if we're observant. If we're honest with ourselves, we, we acknowledge the way we think, we acknowledge what our desires in, in, in that 10, maybe 30 seconds, 40 seconds of conversation, it's immediately apparent what a person's understa- true understandings and desires are. Because right? it's not, we, we have no self-knowledge. We think we're so clever, we're going to say a bunch of words. No. Right? But, but when we ourselves don't have any self-knowledge, we don't push back against somebody. This is the kind of stuff we get into. We get into awful relationships, awful business partnerships, awful friendships, because we, we don't push back. We don't get to know the person. But anyhow, we're saying, what about our own self? So the key then would be to do the same thing with our own self. It's not to assume, oh, I'm me, so I know myself. No, we don't know ourselves. We get to know ourselves when we see how we respond in difficult situations, when we see how we respond to different stresses, when we see how we respond to different people, when we watch our physiological reactions in relation to, to uh, events and things, right? Whether it's uh, to, to insects, we have an insect phobia, our heart starts beating, or to other people, uh, or to this person, or to that person. That's how we get to know ourselves, just like any other person, all right? But the good thing is that another person is very difficult to change. Theoretically, we can if we're skilled enough, but it's very hard. But ourself, it can, it's also extremely hard to change. No question about it. A, obviously, but it, it might be a little bit easier to, to change ourselves if we, if we know how and if we want to. And when we really first, we get to know ourselves and we see this is how I naturally react. These are my natural desires. This is my natural wiring and how, how I've been raised and, and, and where my mind is at. And then we can begin to, to truly talk with ourselves and truly reason and truly change our intellectual understandings in a deep way and, and consequently change our, our desires in a deep way. And honestly, if we're going to get a little deeper, we, we don't need to change our desires because our desire is always singular. We want good. We want to attain the good. There's only, this is a little bit theoretical here. We're not saying it as a, as a matter of strict fact or something, but a way to, to a potentially very effective way to, to think about things is that there's only one true desire that all of life has, and that is to attain the good, right? Because if we say, oh, I, I my true desire is, is to get to the beach. Well, why do we want to get to the beach, right? It's for something else. Oh, my true desire is to get a uh, a Gucci handbag. Well, why do we want a Gucci handbag instead of a Louis Vuitton handbag? It must be for something deeper, right? And again, I want this job versus that job. It must be for something deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And eventually we have to reach something necessary, a necessary desire that never originated and that is without alternatives. And the same thing would go for an insect, to be honest. And the same thing would go for a, for a kitten and a puppy and any animal and anybody and everybody else. If we push hard enough and if we push past the words, eventually we're going to stumble upon reason very strongly suggests to us a necessary desire. So we don't need to change the desire. What we need to do is change our understandings. We need to change our identity and we need to change what we really truly believe and understand to be the case. And if we do that, our natural desire to to work toward the good will end up uh, to our true benefit. Because if we really truly understand things correctly and we contend with as many facts of life as we possibly can and we don't deceive ourselves and we don't hide our head in the sand like an ostrich supposedly, (laughs) um, and we don't run away from from, uh, the reality of other people and the reality, excuse me, of our death and uh, the the reality of of uh, 
of something broader and bigger, whether it's history or civilization, the reality of, of our uh, of our real nature, as opposed to thinking, oh, I'm just my impulses and inclinations of actually getting to know ourselves, figuring out we exist. We don't run away from any realities. We have an accurate context. We're going to act toward the good in our context. And the result of that is, of course, all the good stuff that we hear. Real kindness, real love, real empathy, if we want to use that word. Whatever you want. But it all has to, it all comes from and comes down to what a person really, truly understands. All right? So, discussed a whole bunch of things. Wasn't too focused the discussion. But uh, the, 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 to review at least some of the points that now come to mind, uh, say that uh, there's no consolation to say that some people mean bad. And consequently, we don't have to empathize with their suffering. People are like little children. They mean good, but they, they met just like a little child may make a mistake and say 10 times 10 is 105 or 2 times 2 is, is 5. People with a faulty context who don't understand themselves, don't understand other people, don't understand what's to their true good. They work toward the good in that context and the results can be horrendous and awful or at least not very good. Uh, but at the same time, the consolation is that a person always gets what he or she wants. So it's not that bad if a person ends up ruining their life. Well, that's that bad. We don't say that. But if a person ends up destroying their life, it's because they had that true desire and they accomplished what they truly actually wanted. If a person ends up being in a horrible place mentally and emotionally, they accomplished their desire and that's what they wanted. It's a, it's a, we don't want to say that. It's not pleasant. But this is what logic equally suggests to us. But uh, with that said, the way that we change our desires, we don't need to change our desire. We we already mean good. We want to work toward the good. We have to change our context. We have to change what we intellectually, rationally, actually on the deepest level believe and understand to be the case. And and we do that by first getting to know ourselves and pushing back against ourselves and asking ourselves what we really truly mean and not staying on the superficial level of language and, and nonsense. And then once we do that, we can begin to, to dig deeper and deeper and truly change our understandings and consequently really, truly change our existence for the incalculably better, to say the least. All right, so we can think about it. Thank you for listening.